Hello and welcome to The Secret Layer Presents D&D 101. Uh, this is the place where we teach you how to play D&D. Uh, my name's Niall. I don't know why I forgot that. Uh, we got some... <laughs> Fuck. My name's Niall. <laughs> oh, is it my go now? Yeah, you go for it. My name's Jordan. Wait, no, shit. Let's start again. My name's Niall. I'll be your dungeon master. <laughs> <laughs> is it getting rewound? Because it's gonna no, sound, you're gonna sound no, very excited don't, there. Don't don't cut a Hi, second of this. Niall. Don't cut a second of this. This is perfect content. Okay, I am Jordan. Anything about you? Um, well, maybe it's useful to know that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> usually I have a friend that doesn't know what they're doing either. Actually, do you know what you're doing? I don't oh, know. oh, oh yay. Ooh, okay. who's that fresh voice? Oh right, great. <laughs> Hello, I'm Connie. I also have. No idea what I'm doing. I've played D&D once and it was a one shot and we didn't even get to the main campaign because we took so long to get to the start. You're perfect for this show, mate. That's what you are. It's good fun. Thank you for joining us today, by the way. No problem. Yeah, Connie be with us a few more times now. Just an extra extra friend that we were like, hey, we're doing this cool podcast. Do you want to jump in? Connie was like, yeah, all right. I'm free Thursdays. Yeah, I don't do anything on Thursdays. (laughs) And uh, guesting with us today, we have another fellow dungeon muzzle. Hi there. I'm Matt. Um, I've played 5th edition since it came out. I've run, at last count, 12 different campaigns, only three of which ever finished. Uh, I've played, I've run, I've done a bit of everything. And I'm here to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Excellent. Like every great DM. Exactly. (laughs) Part of the trade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So today, Matt's going to be taking us through Halflings, which I'm really grateful for because I know... You're going to get to the end of Halflings, like you get the end of your campaigns. (laughs) That's a very good question. I have enough notes or to get to the just end. Do half that... of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, very clever, very clever. No, I have enough notes to get to the end, that but that has been game. the truth for most of my campaigns as well. So okay. we'll see. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I guess like a little starting point again. We've got, I've kind of said this at the start of every episode is that D and D and like Wizards of the Coasts basically have this new feature called Legacy, whereas like all the different races used to have certain ability score increases and like you know being an awkward make you stronger or being an elf would make you more dexterous and agile and being a human just made you better at everything um and they've kind of changed that now so that everybody can like customize their own race so it doesn't matter what race you are you can just be good at whatever you want to be good at your race doesn't really affect that and it's yeah it's part of the new wave stuff that they're doing a lot of the new books started doing it and then there's a bit of rumors about 5.5 edition i know none of this makes any sense to you i can see the blank stairs i'll be honest i was daydreaming just <laughs> Cheers. Uh, but yeah, so basically what Matt's going to take us through is is pretty much Faerunian law. I don't know. As far as I've been able to research, yes. Yeah, cool. Um, there's a little bit of Eberron in there, but only because there's some sub-races from Eberron that I really like. All right. Well, yeah, so that's a little <laughs> bit of that. A lot of this is kind of trying to teach you guys the basics of what like being a halfling means. But, you know, take that with a pinch of salt because a halfling could be anything you want it to be because you can, I, you know, what, what we kind of talked about with dwarves, you can learn the law and then go against it wait we we talked about dwarves oh fuck you (laughs) oh god all right matt please take this away for a strangle jordan (laughs) so halflings are nearly as varied as humans and nearly as flexible as humans as what you can do with them they're really really fun race you might have in your head the sort of the standard take of lord of the rings bilbo baggins frodo that's a really good question i'm going on an adventure no, we're talking more like they're either really happy innkeepers, or my personal interpretation is the monster from the horror film Leprechaun. Um, I, I love, that. I love that look. <laughs> oh it's, no, it's, it's, it's eating her, and then it's going to eat me. That's the a film line Leprechaun. From the film is, Leprechaun. <laughs> what if Leprechauns took life lessons from Chucky? Oh, it's so, a horrible B movie. Okay. It's, it's really great. It's, it's terrible. It's, no, it's really good. It's great. Okay. It's great. So, There's yeah. about five of them. Hello, Jack here with an editor's note. And what Niall's referencing there is actually Troll 2, which is a questionably bad but makes it good B movie. Uh, not to be confused with Trolls 2 World Tour, starring Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. The Leprechaun film series, though, uh, does have eight films in total, most of them starring Warwick Davies as the titular Leprechaun, bar the two most recent ones from 2014 and 2018. The 20 2014 one being a complete reboot with a darker tone and then the 2018 one leprechaun returns being one of those weird soft reboots where it's actually just a direct sequel from the first one uh, but again sadly it doesn't star warwick davies which is a shame anyway back to the show halflings are, well yeah what do you know i guess the first question should be like what do you guys know about hobbits i guess because that's like so is a hobbit a halfling basically yes. 
I didn't know that. So, like, yeah, with that information, what what do you reckon you already Got know? Big hairy feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's an uh, oddly consistent feature across mythologies that they have well, hairy feet there you as go. well. Oh, Wasn't cool. too wrong. Okay, um, they are half of something. Brave, brave. Okay, no, That's fair. Yeah. they get drunk. All right. So yeah, you've kind of got the the D and D interpretation of halflings right that they are half people. Mm-hmm. They are short. They are unusually durable for a smaller race. Okay. Um, there's no like single creation myth for them in D&D though they have a varied set of backstories because part of their culture is this ability to tell stories Okay. so it changes as each generation upgrades it Nice. the one that they can really confirm on is when they went from being just savage peoples to being a civilization and that was when Yondala who's the smallest of all the gods and the goddess of I believe hearth and home and, and like sort of families and protections came down to try and gather followers because she'd seen how much power the followers provided the other gods. She ran into a halfling man called Little Man, deemed to be like like the ancestor of halflings, and struck a deal with him after fishing with him by the river that she would offer his people peace, prosperity, and a home to live in if they worshipped her. She's the goddess of fertility and protection. That's it, thank you. There's a, there's a really cool story about how she started this journey as well. Like, as the gods go, she's actually quite small in stature compared to them. Yeah. And she's quite a humble god. And she would, apparently all the gods were quite, <laughs> pardon me. Apparently all the gods were quite like boisterous and boisterous about like, you know, who's the greatest god. And like, they would always be coming and telling, oh, well, I'm the fastest god. Well, I'm the, the smartest god. And apparently like during one of their like regular meetups, she was like, all right, which one of you is the greatest? And it caused this massive argument <laughs> between them all, where they all decided that the reason that they were arguing was because of Yondala. So they kicked her out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, get out of here, it's your fault that we're all falling out. We all hate each other now. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I don't really have a people, so maybe I should find a people. And that's when. That's yeah. it. So, yeah, sorry, Matt. No, so no, it, it's nice to add in, chip in. That sort of led to them establishing their own towns and villages and, and learning the ways of being civilized people. Uh, and now, in Faerun, at least, in the Forgotten Realms, they are seen as a, a very gentle folk. They are much more concerned about their families and their own peaceful lives. But not in a selfish manner. They will still go out of their way to be generous and kind to travelers. Um, and being a species, this isn't everybody. This is the generalization of them. The stereotype of the halfling is someone that is kind and only really concerned with their immediate friends and family. They have gained a reputation, though, that if you can get them as a friend, they'll be your friend for life. They're stout companions. Right. Loyal to the end. But um, one of the one of the <laughs> conditions that Yondala put on Little Man was that if he wanted to have like a, a patron god for his people, what he had to do was travel throughout the universes, like the multiverse, and band all halflings together. So it's kind of throughout their creation myth that they are meant to be together and they are sort of all meant to be a family and be one. Because he literally went on unifying them through the multiverse, through Yondala. And I love the ending to that. Have you heard the ending to the story? Go on. The ending to the story is that he, after like traveling throughout the multiverse and, um, and you know, taking this massive journey on to, to unite his people, he eventually came back to this place that he recognized. It's this lovely brook near like a nice field and he found a fishing rod and he realized this was the first place Yondala found him before he set out on his journey. So this was like the first place he started and that's where he settled for his home. And that's sort of like the end of that story as he goes back home by accident. It is literally just all I'm picturing is the hobbits. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, insert Lord of the Rings theme here. (laughs) Tolkien's idea of hobbits, which are also called halflings in the Lord of the Rings realm, is what the D&D version is based on. They're heavily inspired by Tolkien's idea for hobbits of being pleasant people. Yeah, D&D's a bit Tolkien, if you ask me. (laughs) Nobody asked you now. (laughs) And yeah, in-game, they're excellent i absolutely love them i was gonna say are they actually good to play they are really good so (laughs) yeah this is all nice but are they any good (laughs) yeah like what do they have they have lots of various sub races that i like both from a law perspective and in game the basic halfling in game will give you a dexterity bonus which is really good which again as Niall said we're talking about in the traditional sense the new version it's a bit more varied but they'll give you a dexterity bonus which is great if you want to play any of the sort of fast or st- sneaky characters rogues bards even rangers halflings make really good rangers get yeah, plus um, two to your dexterity so which so. is a nice nice boost to start off with that's that's gonna bump you up you always get an advantage against anything that would frighten you because halflings are seen as brave and plucky 
which is really good because sometimes parties can lose a fight against a relatively weak creature just because it frightened the main damage dealer and he's no longer near them. Okay. Square we monster making me not want to hit That's it. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think D&D does frighten very well. If you're yeah. frightened in D&D, you cannot go closer to the thing that's frightened you and you must spend your turn getting as far away as possible. You can attack it, but you've got disadvantage as well. So it's quite, it's like, it's really So how do you scared. know if you get frightened? The oh, DM will tell you. you. Like with most things, uh, the DM will tell like, you. <laughs> bitch, you frightened. You're scared, run away. Okay. So the DM decides whether the players are frightened or not. So yeah. the, a dragon uh, has... Wouldn't frighten me. <laughs> All but right. would it frighten your character? Remember, we've Ooh. got to think in character here. Well played, man. So a, uh, a dragon has uh, an ability called Frightening Presence. During its turn, it will roar and create like a frightening presence, and then it'll attack. And everybody within, like, I think it's 60 or 30 foot radius has to make a wisdom saving throw. And if you fail, you're automatically frightened of the dragon. That would be how that gets decided. And do, then you'd does, be like, oh, no, I failed. Uh, I think they might be. Could you like, they might be immune like to the frightened. I think they're immune to the condition frightened. Because <laughs> they're so arrogant. But the dragon's <laughs> roar is great. If you've set up an encounter as a DM with a party with a dragon and the party is just absolutely hacking your dragon to pieces you just use your actions frightening roar it's not even an action it's part of the turn it's part of the turn you just use your frightening roar like four or five times in a row and very quickly all the party is running away and then breath weapon them to death legendary actions to get free attacks on them it's great it's really (laughs) good can i talk about dragons at some point uh (laughs) not today we're actually i think we're going to be doing it on the dms one 201. Nice. We'll be talking about uh, monsters and stuff. Yeah, so halflings are very good as characters. You get your dex bonus, you get your advantage on being frightened, which can be a very powerful negative effect, so it's nice to be able to resist it a bit more. Their number, num- their two sort of main draws is they have a small size, which means... Well, dragons can be frightened. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> which means, you said that like the interest of like a David Attenborough researcher, like, oh, tell him dragons can be frightened. <laughs> Now you see in the natural habitat. A, a, frightened, a frightened dragon. <laughs> Atop the Riven Peak. And a small halfling banging a pan behind it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, being small means you, you can actually sit in the same space as a character size medium or bigger. So if the half-orc is there doing the tanky paladin thing, your halfling can stand in between its legs and jab out with a stick. It's That's really adorable. funny. And everyone's on disadvantage to hit you because you've got this big metal thing giving you cover. And then their best ability is they bring an ability called halfling luck. Oh, fuck me. Which allows you a certain number of times, if you roll a one on your d20, you can re-roll it. It's not a certain amount of times. It's every time. It's it's literally... You can't, can't get a natural one. Yeah, well, you can if you roll it twice in a row, but what are the chances of that? But yeah. <laughs> First You've got to be really one, fucking unlucky. Okay. And that's every form of halfling gets that, no matter which subspecies you go down. Is that sometimes um, a shame, though? No. It's a shame for the DM. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you basically just get advantage whenever you roll a natural one. It's very good. Nice. It's ju- Yeah, it just makes you sort of, as a player, lucky. It's called mm. halfling luck, and it is easily one of the best racial abilities in D&D. It's the best. Nah, endurance from half orcs. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Doesn't that make so much sense, Connie? You oh, yeah, did so orcs, Jordan. Wait, what? You did. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just you're messing, not allowed to be confused. To qualify what we're talking about, endurance <laughs> is an ability that orcs and half orcs have, and it's the first time they go to zero HP. Mm-hmm. They can instead decide to stay alive on one health. So zero HP would make yes! you unconscious. <laughs> I remember this. No, it's incredible. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> To me, that is the best racial ability in D&D. It has, I've, I used to run a half-orc rogue. Several times he got caught and didn't die because of that ability. It's only bad when the creature has multi-attack. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that. I've had a player got up because they were like, ha-ha, my endurance, and then I just punched them again. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, no, now die. <laughs> Yeah, then half so halflings are great. As a generic standard race, they're really good. They're in the PHB for a reason. They're really well suited to the sneaky style side of things as well. The PHB is the your, player's handbook, just for people I who figured. Oh, did you know that? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, your stealth skill is based off your dexterity. You get a free plus two to your dex here. You know, that's leading into a build. Bards tend to use finesse weapons, short swords and rapiers that use your dexterity instead of your strength. Mm. Again, the plus two dex builds into that. Rangers, all your ranged weapons and your bows are dex based. Even even a, a fighter that's an arcane archer that will be using a bow for a lot of time. Halflings make really good that. I've had, I've, I'll come to the story at the end, but I had an arcane archer, halfling, and his trick was he would stand in the legs of the half-orc, firing his magic arrows out <laughs> in cover 
And then if anyone got in the way, he'd just sneak out and disappear because he was able to stealthily and and disengage and all these other sorts of things with it. It was really cool. He was very nimble and all about getting a good position to fire from. Though I would say, um, I've known halflings to be fighters and like use strength. Like it's not necessarily... I have a great story about a halfling fighter at the end of this. Okay, cool. I'm excited. But continue, continue with your knowledge, my friend. Um, Well, we're onto the sub races now because halflings are split into, in the the normal Forgotten Realms, normally in the four sub races. But there are two Eberron versions that I want to talk about because one of them was a cleric I had and they're really good. So um, I guess, Jordan, you've heard this a billion times. Well, you've not, you've heard it maybe three. But (laughs) Eberron has this... Which um, is pretty close to a billion. Yeah. Eberron has this um, story point um, and certain like character trait called dragon marks so this is mainly for you connie and the listener who's tuned in for just halflings go back to episode ones two three and four and and five and six and whatever episode this is uh but uh, essentially people from a certain bloodline so these could be families or this could be like you know just someone who didn't realize that they were part of this bloodline has this mark on them and it's known as a dragon mark and it gives them extra powers and, I'm, and Matt will go into more details. But that's kind of like the law in that. Right, okay. And yeah, they're special. <laughs> but it's deemed, it's a separate dimension to the normal Forgotten Realms setting for D&D. Okay. So you tend to only get access to those sub-races and those special abilities, those marks, if you're playing in that dimension. But we're going to be doing, yeah. so when we eventually play, we're going to do a world where everything you can read in D&D. So when you go away to make your character, you've got free reign. Just pick whatever you want and I'll be like, cool, we'll do that. We'll put it in. And then it'll be my job to make it all fit. Have fun with that. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will. So we'll start off with the, the most common subrace for halflings. And these are the ones that are usually found in the cities of other species. They're called Lightfoots. They are travelers, explorers, and they, they sort of, they have villages, but they're former nomads. They still have that sort of wanderlust deep in their DNA, which leads to them going out and exploring other races. These are the most common ones that you'll find, and they get a plus one charisma bonus. I love the idea that for them just like <coughs> grabbing an interrailing ticket, <laughs> exploring Europe. <laughs> It's just, it's so good. They, they are such a good race, the Lightfoots. They are. Plus one charisma means they oh make really God. good yards. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 did, I, did, I did a year flow. around Europe and it was just like I just the most imagine it. When you say like, they just love life. to explore and get involved in different races and cultures, <laughs> I just imagine them like a, you know, a lost gap year student. Gap year. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, just enjoying the world. He's just been doing this for three years now. <laughs> He's seen everything. Someone sits and dies like you've got to take responsibility now. Yeah. Like no, you no, just, you can't just fell around, bro. I've not been south living yet. Your life in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the northern mountain orgs. I've been to the dwarven cities under the in the underdark, but I haven't seen the beach yet. Sounds pretty cool, actually. I, I do just love this idea though that they're in like D and D realm, and then all of a sudden they just manage to get to Europe and they're just interrailing. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do they get there? Who knows? Is there a magical portal? Who knows? But no, nope, they just bought a ticket. They just got a ticket. Just got a ticket got on a train. <laughs> How did I get here at the end? <laughs> Chaos in Rome today as 15 very short, angry children turned up in the middle of the city with longbows and swords. Local police were mystified and also shot. <laughs> Apparently, they deemed the wine inferior. <laughs> it was not mead. They did not care oh, for it. Amazing. So they, they are the most common. They are great. Oh. I've, I've played bards. Quite a lot of bards will be lightfoot halflings because of that. Bards use charisma for their spells and they're very persuasive. Extra plus one to charisma means that they sort of fit into that mold quite nicely. Mm. However, one of my friends once ran a warlock that was a halfling lightfoot because warlocks use charisma to cast spells. Okay. So that was plus two decks meant that he got a boost to initiative without having to put a lot of stats into initiative. And the plus one charisma meant that his already good charisma got better. He was great. He was using the the hiding, slinking, working and in between each other's feet ability to mean that he always had the best place to cast his spells from. Nice. And it was great. And I really, really liked what he did with the character. Called him Nibbles. Mm. <laughs> well, the rest of the party was an orc, a half-orc, a goliath, and a particularly angry dwarf barbarian. So they referred to him as the Nibbles for when we'd run out of food. Oh, very good. Very good. The other most common one that's in the player's handbook is the stout. Oh, we've... Uh... Just missed a little bit about Lightfoot Halflings. Have we? Yeah, uh, they can hide. Oh, yeah, I've got that here. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt was talking about how they can, you know, they can go into somebody else's space mm. and, like, you know, lash out from underneath and, you know, get bonuses from that. So <laughs> Lightfoot Halflings are naturally stealthy, which means they can hide when under somebody else's feet. So technically, what? if you had, like, I don't know, three Halflings in a trench coat. <laughs> Surprise attack. <laughs> The worst kind of flasher New York has ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) 
They they, can, wait, they can hide underneath someone's foot. Yep. So if you if you were like fighting a monster and you managed to get underneath it, you could hide underneath it and it wouldn't know where you were. Under its foot. Underneath it. Isn't that literally in The Hobbit at some point? Maybe. I feel like that's something. Now, to be good. fair, Bilbo does have an advantage. He has a ring that makes him invisible. Yeah, but I we feel can do like that. there is one. <laughs> <laughs> we can have that if we want. I don't know. I feel like some point in Lord of the Rings, I've seen that happen. Whether it's the Hobbit or the original trilogy, there might be. It know. does sound familiar. It, and I have an image of a halfling hiding, I'd like behind a troll or something like that. Okay, now that's Harry Potter. Is that no, Harry Potter? <laughs> there is a bit, isn't there, in in the Fellowship with a troll? Yeah, is it, is it during Balin's tomb? Merry and Pippin are hiding behind him, and then eventually they climb up and jump on him. To be fair, like somebody's screaming at us. Yeah, like, <laughs> somebody <laughs> listening yeah. to that's this. Not is just right. like, it's this bit, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Lord of the Rings. Hi, it's Mom, not my favourite thing. For listening. <laughs> I've Hi, seen Mom. the films. Hi, Mom, thanks for listening. I'm, I'm sorry we got the law wrong for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you can punish me later. I think it's fine. I think it's a cinematic masterpiece, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> what, The Hobbit? Lord of the Rings, mainly. Yeah, I wouldn't say The Hobbit. The Hobbit was fine. I enjoyed it. I'm Richard just, I still can't get my head around. I guess I just have to just, you know, let it go, but how the hell can you get a person to hide under a foot? Not under their specific feet, but like under just their under feet, them. around them, in between their legs, just generally uh, in the way. You're really, you're really clinging onto this foot thing. Like, <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, this is. I know it's none Don't of this is real, but <laughs> <laughs> that was to me, you know, like a normal orc, and then having a halfling under a orc foot. It's not I under just, their, like under their feet. Now I get like it. It's around. Yeah, their, yeah, it's yeah, around. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you could hide under their gooch. And <laughs> yes, and, a more specific and verbal no, way seen. of describing that wouldn't be under their feet. It would be indeed under their gooch. <laughs> the bit between their genitals and their ass. Right. I mean, I, me. now I've got images in my mind and it still doesn't make sense, but I'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do with them images... <laughs> Do it. Do it when you've got some private time, please. Okay. Matt, please. So yeah, the other half, the other halfling half type, halfling half type, halfling sub race that's in the PHB is the stout halflings, and these are supposedly at some point mixed dwarven blood in with them, so they are a bit tougher. To represent this in game, you get plus one to your constitution, which is usually how you work out your HP. I mean, the okay. stout halflings are going to be better health. Um, they also get advantage to save against the poison and resistance to poison damage. They are literally harder to poison than normal halflings. Oh. This works very well if they want to get drunk, because <laughs> they can drink a lot more and outdrink most races. Ah. They are really good. These, this is where halflings transition into quite good fighting characters with the stout subrace, yeah. because that constitution buff to buff your HP. Things like barbarians and fighters already get quite good HP dice to roll for their, their starting health, and just that extra little buff can make the difference. It's very funny to make a stout halfling that's a barbarian, uh, and I've dubbed this the ankle shanker. <laughs> uh, it's great. Tiny again, terror. It's just a tiny terror, isn't it? Again, yeah. you can't use any two-handed weapons, but with your high decks, two short swords, meaning you can use finesse weapons and get quite good damage without having to put points into strength, is really good. Like, just go around with two short swords and everything just loses their toes. It's great. Right. The ankle... Shanker. Shanker. Stab, stab, stab. Uh, they usually have a laugh that's very high-pitched and annoying, like, hee. <laughs> I think that's a character I think we should choice. do the rest of the podcast in that voice. <laughs> no, I can't. My throat will hurt. A <laughs> um, cool thing that I kind of learned about uh, stout halflings was that they, um, and, and halflings in general, don't mind who they live with in terms of, like, they're not they're not bothered about living with elves or... They're not racist. Yeah, they're, they're not racist. They're really welcoming, as Matt said. <laughs> and one of the reasons that stout halflings kind of became friends with dwarves is because they just happen to live near them. Like that's where the that's where the sort of like right. crossbreeding came from because they were just like, oh yeah, you guys are pretty cool. Like we live near you, we should trade. Nothing to do with being the same height. No, no, that's what I love about them. Halflings are so fucking chill. <laughs> they're just so nice at all times. They're just like, hey, we should we should do stuff together. <laughs> and that's why they became a bit more like stout and took on dwarven characteristics. So, and cool. that's why they're good with people. Yeah, yeah, they're just great with people. So they're like the two sort of generic sub races. They come up in the the player's handbook. They're the most accessible, the ones most people play as. The other two, so it was stout and stout and lightfoot and lightfoot. And the other two sub races, I only recently learned about, but I am desperate to try out. <laughs> There's one, and I didn't know it was called this, but one of my mates did this a long time ago, and I didn't know where he got the subbase from. I think it's Tasha's Cauldron. It's called the Ghostwise Halfling. Ghostwise? Yeah. So the story is that at some point in Halfling culture, there was a, a civil war of sorts, and a group of them got exiled for starting Which is unlike them. Yeah. Very unlike them. So a group of them got exiled for starting it because, yo, we don't fight. 
get out of here. <laughs> yeah. They became very secluded and very insular as a bit of sort of like a mini tribe. To the point where even now, years down the line, they are still distrustful of outsiders. They also spent quite a lot of time practicing some form of black magic. They've ended up with a plus one wisdom modifier, which is great for spellcasters. Things like clerics, wisdom modifier is really good. Wisdom save is always really good. As we talked about earlier, saving against things like charmed and frightened uses your wisdom. So having plus one wisdom is never a bad idea, whatever you go for. But the ghostwise can speak telepathically. Any creature that they know or can see within 30 feet, they can speak telepathically to without having to make a noise. A halfling? Halfling. Ghostwise halfling. They are... Bloody ghostwise, mate. (laughs) They're great. They make really good rogues. Really good rogues, because they are stealthy naturally. They get the dex bonus naturally. Wisdom's great for saves. What's a rogue? Rogue, you sneaky, stabby, thiefy type. That's a kind of class. So we haven't gone into that yet. Right. We're currently looking at all the races, but then we'll soon Phew! get into it. Yeah. I was going to tell me off then. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> For now. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, and being able to speak telepathically means they can sneak off ahead of the party and still pass messages back about what's coming up and what they can see. Ooh, that's useful. God, wouldn't that be handy? It is. Mind. It's really good. Maybe you should just take some like leaves out of Rogue's book. Just, just start getting sneaky. <laughs> start practicing like walking quietly everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jordan Lightfoot. Ah! <laughs> Where did you Dragon! come from? <laughs> clang, 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 clang. <laughs> I ain't gonna sleep because of you. Quickly, <laughs> give me a fucking interrailing ticket now. I've got to get out of here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Basically, the ghost-wise halflings are the goths of the halfling world. Yeah, they sound Everything's a tragedy. Emo. Everything is... Oh, everybody sound ha- pretty emo. Everybody hates me and I'm going to go off on my own now. Oh, because we started a civil war. Everybody hates me. This picture in... Oh, gosh, what's it called? I'm just going to say Samwise, but with, like, black hair yeah. going down every side. Samwise if you liked Mike M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you might not be able to carry yourself, Mr. Frodo, and I'm not going to carry you either. <laughs> Fuck off, you can die here. We all carry the burden of civilization. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. However, the best use that I've found for a ghost-wise halfling is a monk, which are the sort of, like Shaolin-style monks, open-handed fighting, no weapons. They'll throw 18 punches in a second. What? The reason this is good. That's That's definitely like an ego ideal for me. Really? Yeah. In a monk? Maybe that'll be your character. That's why I started learning a bit of Wing Chun. Oh, yeah. I think I know what I'm going to do. Cool. Honestly, That's exci- I'm excited for Monks you. are one of my favourite classes. When we get to classes, can I do Monk? Because I right. love them. Looks like, looks like Matt's coming back for Monk. Lovely. But yeah, so <laughs> they have unarmoured defence, which means they don't wear armour, but they get to add their dexterity Badass. and their wisdom to their armour. Their wisdom is their armour. <laughs> How wise they are. But this halfling subclass gets a bonus to dex and wisdom. That's just free armour. Yeah. That's so strong. All your attacks are based off your dexterity or your wisdom, if you're using some of your special abilities. Because the monks have got lots of different types. There's like the elemental Astral types, self is the best which is, one Which um, is, astral self's great. Astral you get self. extra, extra yeah. arms. Oh. Extra arms? You have like, you like project your like spirit <laughs> and and instead of using so most combat is obviously strength or dex mm. but yeah. with this monk subclass you can just use your wisdom so your arms are like your force of will <laughs> and you okay. just beat the shit out of things with your willpower <laughs> you say that like, but, a, uh, like a, a spiritual octopus yes that's it. <laughs> like a spiritual <laughs> thing is you say this is the best one Nile, but uh i'm a massive last airbender fan oh, so i love the okay. element element yeah. path because you get to do like fire bending and water bending and stuff and it's great that's another episode we'll get into that another time yeah ghostwise halflings make excellent monks everything about them gives them a bonus to it it's really good and for those people that might have this question in their head because it's in my head so i'm gonna ask it <laughs> Um, I have a friend who has this question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's not here right now. (laughs) They make good monks. Is that so? When you say that, is is monk an entirely different race, or are they like a class? Monk is a class, like a fighter or a cleric or a bard or a wizard. So you could be an orc monk. Yeah. In fact, I once remade One Punch Man as an orc monk. Oh, very good. And everything was in his strength, so he could try and knock everything down in one punch. It didn't work. It it wasn't gonna. I could have told you that for free. (laughs) It doesn't work at level one. It might at level 20, but it doesn't work at level one. The whole point about monks is that they attack a lot in one turn. Not that they do one and damage everything. Have you not seen the anime? Consecutive normal Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but that's him, like, holding back, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Okay, cool. The last one, the last of the four sort of standard sub-races are called Lotus Den. 
Now, of all of them, I would have thought this would be the Shaolin monk style because it sounds very similar, like a temple. Yeah. Now, they're druids. They live out in the wilds. They live off the land. They've got a connection to nature. They are all about... They even learn free spells called druid craft, which is about helping plants grow and changing the color of flowers, among other things. Um, they get. They also get plus one wisdom. So they also get a bonus to certain spellcasters, certain dexterity modifiers and things like that. Dru- druids and rangers. Yeah. Are like are kind of like they use common types of magic, right? And that's exactly what these make. These make excellent druids and rangers. Druid class is all about casting spells and your connection to nature. The ranger class, both the dexterity and the wisdom modifiers, come in very early on in your class to make it a better effect. Um, and th- I mean, that's basically what they are. They are a race of druids, for okay. want of a better term. You know, do you know what a druid is, Connie? Kinda. <laughs> do you? It's a class. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like the um, plant wizards. Yeah, like the magical. Oh, Professor people. Sprout from Harry Potter. <laughs> Sorry. She's a druid. So we, <laughs> we let that go really quick. <laughs> no, what was that, Jordan? Let's They're continue, the magical let's people. On. Okay, cool. Uh, they've also got another cool thing Timberwalk. Timberwalk. Just means that they can move across difficult terrain better. So, like, if you went through Timberwalk. Like yeah, if you went through like a forest with like lots of like felled trees and and like big roots, you'd find it hard to walk through it without tripping up. They don't have that problem because they're used to it. Because their feet are like hiking boots. They're the kind of person that goes, "Oh, send me a postcard from your trip." Yeah, that's exactly what they're like. In my head, it's more like Tarzan from the Disney film, surfing the vines. Oh, very cool. I wish with that massive was, feet, like realistic. I wish you could do that. Just need really tough feet, mate. Yeah, yeah. somebody. Have you ever tried feet. walking barefoot? I mean, yeah, I yeah, know you have. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know old, you have now. Shut the fuck up, Jesus. Be <laughs> Jesus. I do have a big beard and long hair. To be fair, that's true. And I'm brown, <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus was. And you, you always have access to wine, which is suspicious. Mm. <laughs> What's in that water <laughs> no bottle? Comment. <laughs> it's water. Not water, You're is it? Turn it into something. <laughs> Not in front of you guys. He's like, when I brought it in here, it was water. <laughs> it was just over here. podcast. Anyway, I'm going to get barefoot now. So yeah, that's that's the four subraces of halflings that are available in like standard Forgotten Realms setting. Lightfoots okay. make really good sort of bards, rangers, rogues, really nice sort of explorer types. Your stouts are much more for your fighters, or at the very least making a hardier versions of those other classes. Your ghostwise, creepy, sneaky, emos, really good fun. <laughs> I love it. And then your, your lowest emo. den is your hippies, your Is it a bit lovers. like, have you seen Umbrella Academy? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I Not haven't the new seen season all of the latest yet. season, no. Oh, yeah, I'm only in a couple of episodes in the new season. But the guy, Klaus, is he a bit like a... Like a uh, Ghostwise, ghost. absolutely. That would be a very good, a very good like right. metaphor for him. On that note, any of you ever used to watch the, ch- the show Misfits? Oh, yes. yes, yeah. He's just Klaus is Nathan. Nathan from yeah, Misfits. yeah. It's... I never recognised. Oh, him. did you not? No. Oh, I knew it immediately because okay, he often plays those wait. kind of characters. He's yeah. very good. Robert Sheen's great. I can't say anything because I am possibly further into the newest season than you mm-hmm. are, and both of you. Fair are. enough. But um, that is. An understatement currently, to say the least. He's really? becoming a bit more like that character. That's a shame. I quite like the difference. What do you mean? I'm sorry, I'm lost. I haven't you might, Have you not watched you Misfits? Might... I've seen Misfits, yeah. So Connie's saying that Klaus is, in Umbrella like it. is becoming more like... I can't remember, isn't it? Nathan. He was, he... See, I can't remember what Nathan did in Misfits. He was, just but a, I remember he was in... a rude little boy, wasn't he? I just remember the, him. Yeah. 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 I just remember been, him being hilarious. He, he's playing the same character since the beginning of umbrella academy but just by the end of the newest season more sad more so oh, okay all right um, the weird one was when he turned up as the same character in the remake of The Borrowers, and he was just playing rude Nathan from Misfits in The Borrowers. I feel like he's made a career for, from that type of character. Have you not seen that? Very I've good not at seen it. that. It's really weird, but really good. Um, <laughs> he was also in The Mortal Instruments. Sorry, he was also in The Mortal <laughs> Instruments, and yeah. I only found this out yesterday. Apparently, he's really good in it. The Mortal Instruments. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they, it, it's a book, it's a book series, book. and the film of it flopped really bad. So they made terrible. a Netflix TV show, which I actually really enjoyed and i've never read the books so oh, i have right. no idea if it's actually any good but um the film of it flopped but apparently he was pretty good in it i didn't know that he was i, I wrote robert Sheen. yeah oh well, that's his name he's very good uh so yeah so anyway <laughs> anyway quite detail back to D. Mm-hmm. yeah your that your your metaphor was great though the ghostwise halflings are klaus from the umbrella academy very good comparison. Cool. You might have noticed that I, I tend to find ways of making sense. <laughs> yeah. 
through, it's good. through things in the real world. Never like apologise for making an octopus. That's me. Like, yeah. Right, get it. Uh, to be fair, when listening back to some of the episodes, it's what makes me laugh the most. Good. Jordan, never apologise for making sense of the world. I'm just so sorry. I but you that. should apologise for being. Uh, <laughs> you should justify your existence to me all the time. I'm sick of it, I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like a dagger in the foot. <laughs> inconvenient, <laughs> inconvenient, and slightly painful. Or in the gooch. <laughs> uh, sorry, you're like, a, like a, a stone under. I don't know. I'm going with stone in my butt crack. Uh, let's continue. Again, what you do in your private time is up to you. <laughs> also, right. Niall, don't kink shame. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. The last two sub races that I found for halflings, the ones that I know about that I can find, are both Eberrons. They're different marks. One of them is a mark of healing. as the dragon marks. Yes. Yeah. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. The mark of healing ones, they belong to a, a guild called the House of Healing, which essentially just means they're good with healing. I don't know how obvious they want to make it. They get the wisdom bonus, which is great. Again, as I said before, wisdom's a really nice stat to have. If you've got a good wisdom, you're going to do go far in life, whatever class you're in. But they get free healing spells as they level up, whatever class you go for. This makes them really good all-rounders, but excellent clerics, because clerics use wisdom to cast their spells anyway, so the wisdom bonus is great. They also get healing spells, and as they level up, they can swap out those spells for the ones they now have free as they've grown bigger in their race, so, meaning you could have even more spells. Clerics already have more spells than any other character class in the game, and this gives you even more spells. So the free ones don't take up a slot of nope. one of your chosen ones? Nope. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's so That's good. so useful. It's so yeah. good. And the, the good thing about the clerics as well, there's so many variations of cleric that you can aim down to different things. We'll talk more about this in classes. Yeah. But you can then take a cleric, a war cleric, or a thunder cleric or someone, and take entirely spells that do damage and make you a better fighter, because you know you're going to get the healing spells as you level up anyway for free. Mm -hmm. Or you can be like me and create clerics that don't heal anybody and just kill things. <laughs> it's good fun. Fun times. Okay, I think I'm <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt was blown away by that. He was like, "A cleric like, that doesn't heal." What? No, I wanted to say that you're not unique. I've had three in two campaigns. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Niall. I currently. I you think mind. you're all special, but you're not <laughs> special, boy. Right? So I think like everyone else. <laughs> Niall, I currently have my Wednesday night night group. Yeah, they have two clerics and a paladin. None, None of, of them, them have healing spells. <laughs> The so, only healing the entire group has is the paladin's lay on hands. If he dies, so he why dies. would you choose not to be able to do that? Because it's a because they have very they have very powerful spells. The clerics of like various types, and if oh, so you, you get rid of the healing spells, you could take more damaging spells oh, and turn them into okay. an aggressive spellcaster. I was playing, so an you evil. don't just go like, nah, fuck this, I ain't gonna heal anyone. I, no, I was no. playing an evil cleric that was like, <laughs> yeah, that was like, I I am here to kill things, not to heal them. But Niall, continuing their existence in this universe is the most evil thing you can do. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so a cleric is a nihilist. You're not getting out that easy. <laughs> no, no, it's just just the cleric I was playing. Okay. Yeah, the mark of healing <laughs> ones make great clerics because they either boost and emphasize your already clerical nature, or give you access to extra bits so you can focus on being an aggressive character. Right. Both of which are very good ways to direct a cleric. Like I said, wisdom bonus, healing spells make them good all-rounders. It means that you can have, if you already have a cleric who's all in on healing in the party, you can take your monk with this mark, mm -hmm. have a couple of healing spells and act as like the backup healer in case the cleric gets killed. So you can have like a sub-theme of healing without having to devote your entire character to it. Yeah, because if I, there's already one in your party. I mean, going around being the healer <clears throat> would just be boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's actually, it, it can be, being a support class is actually really fun sometimes. Have you ever done it now? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Unless you're all <laughs> support classes. <laughs> Say again? <laughs> Unless you're all support classes. My Monday group? Yeah. I have two, um, what do they call them? Al no, alchemists. Yeah. Yeah, two alchemists. Artificers. Alchemists, Artificers. Yeah. Two rogues, a ranger. And a wizard. None of them can fight. They got their ass handed to them by a half-dead troll. That's the thing, because rogues can be really good at fighting. Really right. good at fighting. Unless both of these, <laughs> both of them are like short bow armed ranged rogues. One of them is a seventeen hundred year old elf old lady. Oh, is Scott playing on your Monday group? No, he's my Wednesday group. Oh, he's your Wednesday group. Sorry, but it's uh, <laughs> me and Matt know each other, and I'm sure this players really? quite I well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Important note, by the way, whilst we're doing DM side of things, party members need to talk to each other about what class they're going to make because you, whilst you don't have to have every role filled, etc., it helps to have someone that can fight and someone that can support, even if the rest of you do your own thing. They're also like that's kind of like as 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 good as like party synergy is 
sometimes I think it's just a conversation between the DM and the players as well. Like if you are like, oh, I really want to play this class and you as a DM, you realize that oh, all your players don't want to do the fighting thing. Make a make a game that's not about fighting. We're running Waterdeep Dragon Heist. So actually we're going more Oceans of you, Method on it rather yeah, than nice. violent thugs. That's cool. That's cool. I really like it. But that's the thing. You just switch up the campaign. Anyway, let's, let's continue on with the, the last one. <clears throat> the last mark is the mark of hospitality. Classic that's, halflings, yeah. That's it. It's literally it's okay, so Bilbo Baggins is now gonna go and be an innkeeper. Can we can we just read out this this is part of the text? Go for right. it. Uh. Welcome, welcome. So good to see you again. Let me get you a drink, Blackroot Toll with honey, yes? Ah, and then you have to listen to this story I've heard about the strange things going on in the cogs. Like that's just like Alara uh, de Galahad halfling bartender. <laughs> I love, I love the idea they're just there with a coffee machine steaming their milk. <laughs> Latte? Too milky? <laughs> like a milkshake? <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a reference to Jordan uh, making a coffee for a, a football player that he recognised. Yeah. And, and the player... Re- <laughs> what did you say? Well, he, he said it tasted like a milkshake. Uh, not in the good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> and then never came back. Uh, he hasn't made guy contact with me ever since. <laughs> You should you should make him like, a milkshake. Another yeah, you should make well, a milkshake. Be like, so this is actually a milkshake. Yeah. Oh, I'll say this is a yeah. yeah and then maybe. slap it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Slap it on the counter and be like, only good people that learn how to defend get coffee. Ooh. Ah, yeah. No, don't be like that. No. Team players get coffee. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Just slate him. Slate him. Slate this public figure whose life is constantly on TV. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. No, we love him, really. No, I do. He's, he's a really lovely guy. Yeah, good football yeah, player. Really lovely guy. So just like Jordan, Mark of Hospitality halflings are really charismatic. But I would just like to say I'd only learned how to make coffee for a week at that point. <laughs> now I've had a bit more practice, so I'm a bit better. Oh, bless you. should just said So now that. you'd make it bad on like, purpose. I'm a bit shit, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I just... I'm I, don't know, right. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, mate, I just, to be fair, I think I forgot to put coffee in. <laughs> That's probably what it tastes like a milkshake. And then just say to him, I wouldn't be a very good halfling. And then watch his eyes just glaze over as he goes, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. You'd freak imagine, out. Imagine. imagine like, you play D&D. Imagine if he was like. Imagine if we got him on the podcast. Yeah, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> we should get him on, even though he doesn't know anything about it. And just be like, so, would you prefer a dex build or what a high he, charisma? What if he does know everything about it, though? Like like better. Jordan says, if he's like, what, if you're like, oh, I'm not, I wouldn't be a very good halfling. And he'd be like, I think you'd make an excellent light foot. And you'd be like, what? And I'd be like, I don't know what you mean now. I, I, as far as my knowledge goes. <laughs> Where he goes, uh, oh my God. Maybe if you use your dump stat as intelligence, you'd represent yourself in- accurately. And oh, just be- oh and he's yeah. Just like, what? <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's continue on. Anyway, uh, Larder Bard of the Good Bartender. Bard of Bartender, I call it. <laughs> Larder Bard of the Good Bartender. That was a name that you used, wasn't it? Uh, Larder Bard of Bard. Alara de Galahanda. I was pretty close. Close enough. <laughs> So yeah, you get a charisma bonus as mark of hospitality. So we're going back to the the, the lightfoots where they are good at rogues, good at bards because you get but yeah. you get a bonus to persuade, presumably because you keep wafting shots of whiskey around, going, you know, you want it. Peer pressure, ah, and then they can drink more, so they can, you know, maybe get some information out of people through spiking them with whiskey. That is actually one of the things that they do. They're like Boom. brilliant rumor, like rumor collectors. Like you know, a very typical part of D and D, which you might know, which you might not, is like you start in a tavern, you go up to the bartender, and he says, "I heard a rumor that some goblins down down south have started attacking villagers." You know what I mean? And then you're like, "Oh, well, maybe we should sort that out." And he's like, "Yeah, talk to talk to Lacrice, Decrease, Manise. <laughs> he's a ranger that lives in the east." Oh wait, they called Decrease Manise, or it was the niece of the His bartender. Name's, I thought it His was name's the niece Le- of the bar. Manise. He's like, his name is Lacrice de Lacrice Manise. <laughs> and he lives in the East. <laughs> he wants only peace. But fortunately, goblins keep eating his yeast. <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to. We're, we're quarter past 12. Let's see how long we can keep this going. Uh, no, that's, <laughs> so I'm all I got. All I got. The other things that they get, because the mark of healing people get free healing spells, the mark of hospitality get a spell called Prestidigitation, which is one of the vaguest spells in D&D. It can do can a bit of anything, again? but it's most commonly used Prestidigitation. <laughs> Pres- Prestidigitation. Right. Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Oh, very good, <laughs> Connie. It can be used to do an awful lot of things. Prestidigitation. 
The short version is it can do a magical small interaction with the world. Quite often it's used when people are muddy. They're like, I'm going to clean my clothes. Um, or it can be used to like change what coins look like, but it only lasts for an hour or so. It can right. change the color of something temporarily. It can make food look fresh. It doesn't Smell have better. any like actual effect, but really, really clever players can use it to do an awful lot of things. So it's a nice spell to have, whatever you're doing. It's like a, the best utility spell, yeah. basically. It's like Batman's utility belt if you took out everything good. That's it's your shark accurate. repellent, you know? Yeah. You smoke bombs that get blown away by the fan. It, it, yeah, your toothpick. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my um, yeah it is a pen knife you can with start a, a fire with it yeah and that's as you good. go on as you level up you get a spell called purify food and drink that is really useful if you're in, if you're four days into a dungeon your rations have been taken because someone's eaten your backpack you can just find like rotten flesh barrel of wine that's been there for years and gone sour purify it and it's exactly as if it had just been made you can you do can that eat. as a half uh, yes yeah. the flesh of as this, this half breed yeah. pre-deceased men as a particular <laughs> And this, I'm sorry, yes, let's and eat this it. race <laughs> of sub-race is called... Mark of Hospitality. These are the bartenders. So purify food and drink uh, from the bartending perspective ah, right, keeps okay. it purer for longer. One thing we didn't actually mention, um, I'm just realising, is the, the healing ones are better at healing as well. Like medicine really? checks. Fuck up. Oh, that's it, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're better at medicine checks and being able to do herbalism-like checks as well. Whereas the Mark of Hospitality one... Gets that better to persuade. At, yeah, at better at persuading people to do things and also cooking. The last spell they we get as they level up is cool. I just hand. think that's funny that you're naturally better at cooking. Naturally better at cooking. Because you've got a magical mark on your arm and it, and it like infuses cooking ability into <laughs> yeah. you. I don't need to use HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> do you end up speaking... Purify food and water. Purify food and water. Do you Hello, end up fresh. <laughs> swearing a lot in a Scottish accent. Why? Putting bread on people's faces and saying, what are you? Uh, an idiot sandwich. Very good. Very good. Very I am good. an idiot it's sandwich. It's a guild of Gordon Ramsay's, which sounds both good and horrible at the same time. <laughs> they, they're a bit... They're a bit. Apparently he's friendly. a really nice guy. Yeah, but he is, not... He's a very nice I think, guy. I reckon, life. like, when you fuck up, that's the issue, isn't it? When you watch Gordon Ramsay's. <laughs> oh my God. When you fuck up is when the nasty comes out. Right, today the at the Guild of, of Hospitality, as one the... chef burnt the toast. <laughs> <laughs> Just purify it. The, the last spell that they have as well for the hospitality one is Unseen Servant, which is basically like an invisible helper. Aww. Super helpful. Super Imaginary great. friend of the spell. An invisible helper. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like a physical form that can move around and do things for you, but it's completely invisible and makes no sound. It's pretty cool. Oh, that would freak me out. We haven't really talked about... Um, uh, sort of like what they, what, what like languages they speak and like their names and stuff. It's a fair point. We haven't. I sort of, I was really invested in talking about the different sub races. No, but I it was, was good. It was good. Really happened. excited about them. Um, the languages for the halflings, basically halflings mostly, mostly use common. They have their own language, but they are really reluctant to teach it to anyone that's not a halfling. So if they're around non-halflings, they speak common. Okay. Uh, the halfling language is apparently quite diverse and complex, but again... Not teaching it to outsiders means that no one really knows much about it that isn't a halfling. And it's right. all—it's not really written down, so it's all spoken word, which I really like because halflings are like hobbits in the, in like fact that they sit and they eat and they enjoy each other's company, and you know everything's about being like enjoying the fruits of your labor and enjoying things. And I really like the idea that they share stories and it's all you know in halfling because that's their origins, and it's just like there's nothing written down. Nothing is written down. It's all just story after story after story and like, you know, stories of what you did that day kind of thing. I just love it. I just love it. It's really cute. I love halflings. They're cute. <laughs> halflings are great. That's why I'm here. I, oh, I learned. So like, this is hilarious. I don't know if you saw this when Go you on. were researching things. So halflings are like extremely good at making clothes and farming. And they're kind of like, have you heard that like, it's really good to get a lazy man to do a job because you'll find the fastest way to do it? Yep. I haven't heard that, but that's a great... It's a line. great idea. It's a yeah. really good team leader trick. Yeah. So it's kind of like... It, it, <laughs> it's kind of that like idea of a halfling's sort of life is to enjoy everything. So they'll find the, the best way to achieve that. And like, um, whilst you might not... You know, like a dwarf is really serious and is about their craft and will spend hundreds of years becoming the best at what they do. A halfling's literally like, well, why didn't you just do it this way? You know, like, why, why aren't we just doing it the nice way? And they really take care of their stuff and they really take care of their crops. And so they make really good, like, tradespeople and, like, great to be around and great to trade with. They always have good food. They always have good clothes. 
and like really nice comfortable clothes is what they they they're more interested in comfiness. So when they go out to farm and when they go out to work, they don't want to spoil their good clothes. So what will they wear? Well, they'll either wear like I don't know some some trousers with some um, what they called overalls and but braces braces. They'll wear trousers with braces and they'll be out in the fields just you know sweating away with a little hat on. Or oh, if that's too hot and they don't want to get their trousers dirty. They'll just do it naked. <laughs> and it's very common to just find a naked halfling or farming. And I, I really like that idea that they're all just farming naked. Picking, all picking strawberries. Because, yeah, and like literally just a basket in one hand, strawberries in the other. Their Free strawberries, the yeah, <laughs> swinging around. I just really like that idea that they're just so chill. They're just so relaxed. I just think that's funny. I think that's where a campaign should begin. <laughs> in a halfling village like but you know i don't know but an, or- say, an orc's just dropped in a naked half or maybe or arm. maybe jordan it starts in a small halfling village uh maybe there's a celebration going on someone finds a ring oh my god an evil <laughs> ring that needs to be taken to its place of creation to be destroyed wow that sounds like a really yeah, good idea it's like a really Shrug good down. Down. or a wizard turns up and takes one of the halflings with him to find a bunch Ooh. of dwarves and then they've got to go and kill a dragon in a mountain uh, I feel like that would be better as a book, maybe not a film. Oh, oh! If you I were going to make right a film, you'd make right one there. film, not three. Mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> Two. It sounds most. like a you know, get that in one film. Keep it concise. Keep it good. God, I still yeah. grieve for the fact that we didn't get Guillermo del Toro's version of The Hobbit. Oh yeah, no, that'd have been cool. He's <coughs> bringing out a version oh, of Pinocchio though. <clears throat> oh, the Disney one. Is it Pinocchio? Yeah, the new one that's, that's just cool. come out with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Oh, very good. Is it, is it live action? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the puppet looks as live terrifying. action. As Pinocchio is an incredibly days. good story. It's, it's like dark. scary. It's dark, but it's got such deep meaning to the, it's incredible. That puppet's terrifying. But, I, I just yeah. want to say the new live action puppet yep. looks like the cartoon. Yep, and it's horrific. <laughs> Not for kids then. No, no, like, it totally is. I'm just like, as an adult, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy! It's like, no, you're not. You're a little wooden puppet no. with fuzzy gloves. But um, halflings also live to, like, a decent age. They live a little bit longer than humans. Uh, that's another little fact about halflings. Even though halflings. they drink? Yeah, yeah. Because like they, they, they do. Yeah, they, probably because <laughs> they're so happy. They've got no bad toxins that, in their true. bodies slowly they're aging. They're ease. Um, some cool names. The name halflings. stuff's really good. My, yeah. Early names, like the beginning names, very much sort of Tolkien's idea, Bilbo. Um, things like Bree, Andre, Alton, Garrett. They're either very much Lord of the Rings names or like hipsters. <laughs> like Lavinia. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, the, the Gap Yar. The Gap Yar. The, the Gap, Gap Yar fits really well. Shayna. <laughs> hey, man. But the family Shana. names is my favorite yeah, because it's a mixture cool. of like Old English slash typical LARP names. I'm Green Barrow. So, they, so based off something that their family's done, maybe a former former job, right? You know, like most people whose last name is Smith have a family member that was once the village Smith. Yeah, one that's of the, why that's yeah. their last name. So one of the family names name. suggested is Good Barrel, which I think is really funny because it's sort of like they made a good barrel, so and that's his, their family name. And his cousin Leaky Barrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tea Leaf, the one that used to make tea for everyone. What? So it'd be like Bilbo Tea Leaf. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it could be. It could be High um, Hill, which is where the family used to live, high up on the hill. M- Milo Underborough. <laughs> I love the name Milo. It's a cool name, isn't it? It's a cute name. I'm I just trying I to think, think what mine Underbur- mine would be in life. I like the one that's Lee Gallo because <laughs> it doesn't read. It doesn't read to me as like the Gallows because that's really dark for halflings. It legal allow. Portmanteau makes legalo. That's the one that was like, I'm going to be a lawyer so that all my crimes are then legal. <laughs> he was a bit of a sneaky halfling. They're so cool. Yeah, so yeah. halflings are just like, they are really cool. They're always really fun characters to play yeah. because they have quite a happy-go-lucky, enjoyable attitude towards everything. Even the emo ones are like, even the emo ones are like, well, life isn't so depressing today. It's great. <laughs> Every day's a bonus. Except, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're, so they're always really good, and I found that a lot of players, as a DM that play halflings, really enjoy them. Mm. They function very well. You don't have to stick to the mold, particularly with the new stuff that allows you to be very varied about your character creation. But you can just generally have a good time with them. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 super fun. Like I've I've genuinely had like a bit more of a 
an appreciation for half i've never played a halfling um i've been in parties with halflings and they're grand and i just think i just think they're super cool i think they're a super cool race i think they're super fun and um this can be loads of ideas for writing for you guys but you wouldn't necessarily pick one if you wanted to be like the best fighter i think i, I think know, i, I think think would now should. oh really yeah like honestly so my favorite ever halfling that i've run oh was, yeah you did say you were gonna tell us this this story. was this was back in 3.5, so the rules were a little bit different. It's talking <laughs> about 10, 15 years ago now. And so it was, was a, a... Was there a one, a volume yeah, zero? Yeah, one? yeah. there was uh, D&D, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, 2nd Edition, 3rd Edition, 3.5 Edition, 4th Edition. We don't talk about 4th yeah, Edition. See, everybody, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about 4th. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> uh, but it, it did some really cool things, so I, I think 4, 4E is... Is, is a bit underestimated because it does actually have some really cool stuff that it introduced. And then 5e, which is the, the best current one edition at the current, moment. Yeah. Honestly, 5e is my favourite, but the 3.5 one, I played a halfling sorcerer. Oh. Yeah, and the party consisted of two orc barbarians and a half-orc paladin. What have so I was, Well, they, they'd come up with a plan that we were all going to play half-orcs. I either didn't pay attention or didn't know the plan. You heard the half bit. I heard the half. <laughs> so I played a halfling sorcerer. And I tooled him up with attack spells. And was like, oh, I'm going to be like the range support. Found out I've got all these orcs. Great, I can use my nimbleness. I can hide in their legs, this sort of thing. It's going to be uh, epic. They decided that actually the better idea was for one of them to throw me at the enemy. And then I land in the middle and just fire <laughs> off every spell I've got. So I became like a living hand grenade for the orcs. <laughs> By the time I'd fired off all my spells and run out of slots, they'd have got to the enemy and cut down what was left. All right, because you could hide underneath. Exactly. But this was great. I but I, I played him with um, Napoleon Complex, Little Man Syndrome. Yeah. So he was always squaring up to fights. We went into a shop and the, we, they were like, oh, can we get anything cheap? And the guy went, I'm not offering you a little discount. And I went, little, and firebolted him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Started a fire in the shop. We didn't get to buy anything and we had to flee town. DMs are the most chaotic players you'll ever play with. Because like, I, I, I think it, a part of it is a bit like, we know the game, so we have no fear. <laughs> where it's like, we played this game where like you guys get to burn our world, so we're going to fucking burn everything. <laughs> I'm very much a chaos player as well. Oh, like, you're the I worst. will do... <laughs> My last character that I played for a long time was a half-orc rogue archer warlock. <laughs> Man, kind of they're like, cool. That's a lot of things. <laughs> the that's short version is, I started off with this idea of rather than running a sneaky thiefy rogue, I ran a con man. So I put all of his points into persuade and deception. Right. He was very charming and very aff- affable. He even had the nickname Smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, we got into the fight and it turned out we had four spellcasters, a rogue, and a monk. So we had no one that had any armor, no one that could fight. And a I was monk. like, Monk should have been there. Yeah, but the monk kept getting killed. Ah, oh, okay. Because the monk had got put everything into strength. So his dex was plus zero, his wisdom was plus one. So Full. his armor was 11. Full. So on my level up, I was like, all right, I'll go into fighter, but I'm going to do ranged attacks yeah, because yeah. I already have a bow. I'm already good with a bow. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Two of the spellcasters dropped out and got replaced by two barbarians. So now our spellcasters are down because mm. they've also started multi-classing into other things. One of which was determined to be a control spellcaster. So doing things like, oh, I'm going to paralyze that guy and I'm going to create an illusion of that guy. Which is great, but when you're fighting a dragon, does fucking nothing. <laughs> I tell you, a fucking pan <laughs> um, and, a, and a ladle. So I then had to go into spellcasting as well to boost some attack spells for the party. Plus side was, my arrows killed whatever the fuck I hit. Nice. Very nice. Right. Yeah. That sounds mental, though, to be fair. It was great. That, you are that's That's me as a player. It. I like to multi-class. I like to do things a bit differently. Um, I've done, I've done before, I've done a Goliath bard who was terrible at playing instruments, but after every performance would stand on the stage and go, that was good, weren't it? And just like, <laughs> intimidate, intimidate the audience into applauding him. And this went on for so long, he ended up becoming like a world-renowned musician. <laughs> Despite the fact that he was terrible. I love that. Like he that played a flute singer. and it sounded like he stood on bagpipes. What singer? There was, right. a, there was a, a lady in like the early 1900s who um, wanted to be an opera singer and she'd had singing lessons all her life, but she was extremely wealthy. And so everyone, all of the teachers that her husband hired and stuff would be like, oh yeah, you're excellent. Gosh, that was, that was beautiful. So much so oh, that no. the word got around and um, she paid to play radio city music hall or something like oh, one of the biggest no. venues in new york and um was laughed off stage 
my and that's like a true no. story. Oh There's a film where God, she's, she's played by um oh the mum in Mamma Mia. Meryl, Meryl Streep. Meryl, Meryl Streep. Street. Meryl Streep plays her in in this film, and it, yeah, it basically just nobody would tell her she was bad because they wanted paying. That's amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so I funny. Love it. I mean, surely she should have known. Yeah, but how would you? If well, everyone tells you you're good at something, you have no evidence to the contrary. And if you want to believe them. But surely you could know if you were singing well. But you want to believe them, don't you? Uh, anyway, with that, with that note, <laughs> with that note, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for that's coming. great. On. I'm willing to do this anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have you back for Gnomes. I can do gnomes. Um, Genassi. I can do Ganassi. Did we just say two different words? Then? No, no. I've always said Genassi, Genassi, but I think Genassi. they are Genassi because they're genie childs. I don't, I, so. I'll be honest with you. I, I couldn't care less of how people pronounce words in D&D. They're all fucking made up. Right. All the, words are made up. In the spirit of being honest, I deliberately announced it differently to see your face. Just just like cock, like what? But um, yeah, come back for classes or what you want to do, monks. Uh, monks, um, my favorite as well, fighter, but like people give fighter a bad rap. And I love to talk about the nuance in Fighter and how right. varied it can be. So if I can, Monk and I'd love to come back for Monk and Fighter. We'll see you for Monk and Fighter, Gnomes and Genasi. Oh, Absolutely. Genasi. So thanks, Matt, for that. Um, do you guys feel like you've learned something? No. No. <laughs> Great. Can we play now? No. No, we can't play yet. Okay. Not until you've learned something, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. I've been Nile. I've been Jordan. I've been Connie. And I was Matt. <laughs> Who are you now? <laughs> uh, I'll decide tomorrow. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed, please leave a review as it really helps. Big thank you to our editor, Jack Sinclair. And if you'd like to check out any cool merchandise, head over to littlelionslayer.co.uk where Julia, our resident smithy, has all our products up for sale. Our next episode will be released on the 26th of September. Until then, brave adventurers.